Welcome to Cheaper Than Therapy, a podcast that journeys into conversations that demystify, destigmatize, and desensitize what goes on both inside the therapy room and in daily life. I'm Vanessa Bennett. And I'm Danae Logan. And we are seekers, soul sisters, and holders of sacred space. Every week, we sit down for soul-provoking conversations with fellow seekers, thought leaders, change makers, and even real people during live coaching sessions as they navigate the hard work it takes to be a human. This is Cheaper Than Therapy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. Today, we are talking to Marie. And Marie actually wrote us in about, it sounds to me like a lot of identity stuff. It's a lot of like, where am I going? I'm at this midpoint in my life. Um, So you shared that you're 36, you're single mom, right? Uh, It sounds like the kind of world that you had or had known crumbled, whether that was by design or by kind of, you know, the universe coming in on it. Um, And now you're like, okay, I'm standing on this precipice. Like what Mm. next, right? Like, who am I? What comes after this? So I'd love for you to take us a little bit deeper and give us some more context of what's coming up for you. Yeah. So um, I guess I'll say, or I'll start in 2017 um, is kind of when I uprooted a lot of what life had looked like. I was married at 27, had a baby at 28, um, and moved from California, from the Bay Area, to Austin. Um, And after moving to Austin, my ex-husband and I were trying to have, we're trying to conceive our second baby. And it wasn't happening. I stressed myself out to the point of physical exhaustion. I lost like mm-hmm. 20 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, so didn't even have enough like, body fat to, um, to produce a baby or to conceive. Um, and then just emotionally and mentally was not in a very good place. Um, so I had made the decision to actively stop trying. And um, within that time, I had gotten some really rare form of mastitis and I had stopped nursing. Um, that took over my entire body. Doctors wanted to put me on antibiotics for like eight months Mm. um, to get rid of it. And then on top of that, had some major like digestive issues and health-wise that sent me into a whole nother tailspin. Mm. And from that, I started a journey of like reconnecting to myself and figuring out what does that even Mm. mean? Yeah. So I had been a stay-at-home mom um, and went back into learning. Uh, And so I got a nutrition coach certification. Um, I did journey. I got a life coaching certification. I got a yoga, 200-hour yoga certification, and then Mm -hmm. a meditation certification. So I have all of these certifications under my belt um, and did a little bit of like coaching and some free offerings, especially through the pandemic. I'm kind of going through all the years here, but it's all sort of interwoven. Um, Taught a lot of public classes um, for yoga, uh, meditation classes, and have found myself like absolutely in love with being both a teacher and a student. So Mm -hmm finding a really nice rhythm between trainings and offerings and trainings and offerings and finding a way for all of them to 
to meld. Um, but now, uh, I, was say, coming, I feel a butt coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there is, there feels, it feels like there's a very big piece missing. Um, and so I tend to be, I don't want to say flighty, but made of a lot of air. So with all mm. of these moving parts, with bouncing between studios, bouncing between roles, um, you know, still having 50% of my time as a mom and taking care of all of those responsibilities. Mm -hmm. um, and I completely forgot to mention the divorce. Um, so in 20, end of 2018 through 2019, um, I made the decision to end my marriage, which was wonderful, um, which was a great decision. Uh, my ex and I co-parent really well. This is the way that our relationship is supposed to be. Um, but there was a lot of uprooting. Um, and that uprooting was happening. And the divorcing stuff was happening kind of at the same time that you were like finding yourself and, and doing all these trainings and okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I guess after all of that movement, mm -hmm. I find myself here now. Um, and figuring out, okay, I made a lot of really big decisions and I've mm -hmm. gotten to a point where I feel both feet on the ground. I feel like I have a lot of knowledge, a lot to offer, but like, what the fuck does that look like? You know, like what, how do I even piece together what my future really looks like? Mm -hmm. um, you know, and a lot of I have friends that are single with no kids and I have friends that have been married for a long time and have multiple kids. And I kind of find myself somewhere in the middle and I feel like, you know, there's the social life where I don't have any, I don't have my child with me. And then there's the social life of I'm, you know, with families and mm -hmm. yeah. And with a lot of children and the lives are just completely mm. different. You know, I'm not doing, I don't work a nine to five. I don't have a corporate job. I don't, you know, have tons of investments and, mm -hmm. you know, savings and I don't own a house. Um, and I'm comfortable by myself. I know that I feel good about the decisions that I'm making. And as soon as I step into any other group, I really start to doubt, like, mm -hmm. am I doing things right? Am I set for the future? And there's a lot of question marks um, where I find myself now. And actually half an hour after we end this call, um, I have my first job interview um, in, of, in over a decade. I have, I found a job found me actually through, mm. it was like Indeed or LinkedIn um, that I very rarely open the, the emails and found one that combines writing, which I love to do, um, for a yoga therapy um, yes. organization. And so I had just signed up for, I just signed up for the yoga therapy certification. Um, so I just started that when all of this came together. And so it's this part-time gig, which fits in really well. About the interview? I'm really excited. I mean, it yeah. feels, all of it feels really right. I'm also, I also feel very, nervous about it um and you know like can I can I do it and if I don't you know if 
for whatever reason, I don't get this position. How am I going to handle that? Mm -hmm. Um, and so it feels like there's a lot of question marks. I feel like I have one foot in one Mm -hmm. space and then the other foot in another, and it's like sliding. And I feel like the straddle. Mm -hmm. I saw you smiling and kind of wanting to say something. Yeah, Marie, there's so much about your story that's making me smile because it's Mm -hmm. just so resonant to my own journey, my own experience, and I think the experience of so many seekers. You know, you said words like flighty, and I would sort of replace those with um, maybe being someone who moves to a little bit of a different drum, maybe that thing of being a seeker, maybe following what my heart is telling me versus what society has told me I need to be. I never cease to be amazed. Um, You know, when you were talking about the stuff with your body and like having another child, like um, how much our soul sort of designs these really potent ways to bring us back on track with the higher truth of who we're meant to be in this lifetime. I hear that in your story as you're talking, you know, I think you are a very multifaceted woman. Um, I recognize that within myself. I so relate to the experience of I'm not like the other, you know, soccer moms as I drop my kid off at the soccer field, but I'm also not like this completely single person. Um, There are lots of different ways that I'm going to define myself and that's okay. You know, I think so much of where you are is this space of how do I really trust that I get to define myself and my journey and my truth and what my sense of aliveness is for me. And that might look really different from everyone else around you. And that's okay. Right? Like you might, you might dance to a little bit of a different drummer. Um, and, you know, and can I be good with that? Can I define myself for myself? You know? Well, and I think that's so much of our, that feeling of being unsettled and all of those question marks, which I can so relate to. Um, so many of those are external that mm. come inward, right? Mm-hmm. Like we are told it's the air we breathe. I mean, we are told like, this is what life should look like. This is what it should feel like. This is what we should be aiming for. This is what we should be striving towards. Right. And so whenever we don't kind of fit within a box that society feels comfortable with. We're going to feel like an outsider. We're going to mm-hmm. feel unsettled. We're going to feel the question marks. Am I doing this right? Am I doing this wrong? Right. All these questions that come up. And I think what Danae's saying is really powerful and not easy, which is when we feel those moments of unsettled and question marks and all these things come up, I would almost say as a practice, like, can you come back into a place of what is my knowing? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, because sometimes I think that place of like swirling in question is so much in our head and our body and our soul knows very different things. And so what do I know in this moment? Right. My head is swirling. I'm feeling like totally out there right now. I'm, I'm like you, a lot of air. I'm feeling a little ungrounded. Um, but what do I know? What do I feel grounded in right now? Can I come back to that? And can that be an anchor when my ship feels like it's in a bit of that chaotic storm, you know? Yeah. And, um, oh, there's so many, there's so many things that are swirling in my brain. Um, um, there are a few episodes like of, of past podcasts that I had listened to and really, and really resonated with. Um, and you know, some of them were just talking when you guys were talking about what it's like to, to be a mom and and parent sort of 
what would be perceived as like unconventionally, but we're doing like what's working, what's working for us. Um, and, you know, sometimes I feel like I just want to shout from the rooftops. Like, I feel like I can do literally anything and I can do it like with a baby on my arm and, or with a baby on my hip. And, um, but that just doesn't really, it doesn't really translate out into the world as like, meaning I, I feel like I, I've had to like prove so much of what I can do and so much of like what my capabilities are mm-hmm. and and how I can learn and do and succeed but just needing like an avenue to be able to do that and like a mm-hmm. space to to safely fail and mm-hmm. build some resilience um and another thing that I had resonated with was talking about like overfunctioning, Um, and so, so that I don't hear external noise or subject myself to it. I consist, I keep myself so busy and I refuse help as a way to just prove myself constantly. And so I think what comes up, especially in going for a job and interviewing for it is, you know, that, I'm prepping and I'm researching and I'm, I'm keeping on top of the rest of life. Um, and if I, if I fail at this, what is that going to look like for me on the other side of, you know, this week or the next two weeks, whenever, whenever I find out. Can you answer that Um, question for yourself? What, what do you think that will look like for you? I think, I mean, honestly, I, I think that I will, internally struggle quite a bit and externally tell people like it's okay and I'll just I'll find something else and I'll work towards finding something else um and I think that I will I will over function in some way um I want to I want to pause for a second because I want to offer I want to offer something here because this is um I think this is something that's really powerful. And I think you're, you're touching something that a lot of people can relate to. And I want to offer this reminder really that you have the ability for both to be true, right? So you can be disappointed, even devastated by Mm -hmm. not getting this job. And you can sit with all of the things that it brings up. Like, what does this mean about me? And like, who am I? And all of the things that regardless of if me and Danae say, you know, it doesn't reflect on you. Like this is society. Like we can say all these things until we're blue in the face. The bottom line is if that's going to come up, that's going to come up. Right. And that's okay. You can sit with that pain and you can sift through that and you can work through it. And I I trust even in just this 15 minutes, we've been talking that you have the tools to, to sit with those feelings and you can also do a slight reframe on how you're looking at this opportunity. Mm. This opportunity to me, so I'm pulled back, right? Like I don't have skin in the game. So I'm looking at it differently. This to me feels like the universe saying to you, here is that path. Here is that next breadcrumb. Here is that nugget that I want you, that carrot that I want you to follow. It's not actually about whether or not this job becomes your job. It feels like you're in this place of swirling. What do I do with all of these things? I have all these passions. I have all these different certifications now. And it was like, the universe literally said, here's the thing. 
here's something to move towards. Look at how this thing brings together all of these different interests that you have. Mm. Ta-da. And again, it's not about whether or not this is the thing. It's about the fact that, holy shit, there is a thing. I, you know, absolutely. And just sort of building on what V just said, I I tend to do that same zooming out and Mm -hmm. like, I don't believe in failure. I think, you know, like we hold failure in the context of, um, I think we need to fail in order to learn. I believe this is a life school. And I think whatever quote failures we experience are information. I think Mm -hmm. whatever rejection is like redirection, it's information for me to sort of like, I've gathered that up. Here's how I'm moving forward with this right now to V's point doesn't feel that way in the moment of disappointment, right? But how do I sort of hold, this is me continuing to gather information. I think a lot of your work, Marie, is going to be about sort of, I almost want you to come up with some sort of an archetype for yourself as a leader that you Mm. hold, almost like a pioneer. I'm paving a new path. Like I've heard Steve Jobs talk about this in like ways that like, you know, all the ways that he was like, the crazy person, the one that everyone else just thought was like the flighty wackadoo. And, you know, it was different and a lot of people didn't understand him. And I just, I really want you to invite that space of like, yeah, people may not get me. I'm going to have to drown out some of the noise. That's going to be my work, right? To really say like, people may not understand my path. I'm sure there's a lot about like being a yoga teacher and like, you know, following this like path of helping others that didn't make a lot of sense to some of the people in your life. By the way, sometimes you might not understand your path either. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, having, so my son, my son is eight. Um, and I find myself often, you know, like he's my, he really is my greatest teacher. Um, so much, you know, so much of the way that like the way that I act really is mirrored back to me through him. And, Mm. you know, when sometimes in our interactions, if they're, um, if it's like a learning opportunity, uh, what I think is a teaching opportunity for him is really a learning opportunity for me. Mm-hmm. And so as I, you know, take, as I move forward towards things that are scary and exciting, and as I pave my path, I know that so much of what I'm doing, he is witnessing. And I, and I don't want him to miss out on, on the truth of that, of like, it, it may be different, but it's mine. And mm-hmm. that's, that's really what matters. And, and different isn't bad. Exactly. And I, I feel that um, for me growing up in the household that I grew up in, only child, girl in, uh, in an Asian household, so many decisions were made for me. My path was very clearly paved for me. Um, and so I never really learned one, I never learned boundaries and two, I never really learned to trust myself. And so Mm. in growing up, I learned that because I didn't trust myself, I didn't, I just trusted everybody else because growing up, everybody else had made decisions for me and through many hours of therapy and coaching and yoga, you know, I found that the biggest gift that I can give to my son is allowing him to trust, to the safe space for him to learn to trust himself. And I also have to mirror that. And so I feel like we've been learning this in parallel, in parallel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, 
And, and that's beautiful, by the way, like terrifying and, you know, but also I'm like smiling because I'm like, that is just, that's amazing. That's so beautiful that you guys actually get to do that in parallel. Yeah. And, and it, it is, it's, it's both. I've learned so much of dualities of like two different, two polarized emotions that can, and experiences that can exist at the same time, mm. because while that is happening, there's also the rest of society, you know, or my family who. my family tree is very interesting, but I'm the only child in my family, like on my mom's side that I grew up with. I don't have cousins. I don't, it's just me. And so all of the focus and attention was always on me growing up. And, you know, I moved from Maryland, from the East coast to the West coast to separate um, and learn boundaries, who I am. Then moving to Texas, all my family came. So they're back and they're around me and they're around my son. And I have learned very quickly um, how to set boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, at first they were walls, then they became boundaries that are now a bit more movable. Um, you know, but the constant, um, the eyes on me and mm-hmm. the opinions that are, that are handed to me, I'm, I'm learning how to process them mm. and not let them feel, you know, to, for me to not transport into like seven-year-old Candace again, because um, I know that's where a lot of my doubt and self-doubt is, is rooted. Yeah. You know, there's this concept that I'm a little bit obsessed with and have been talking about so much lately because it's something that's been coming up for me. And I think a lot of times we talk about the universe as though it is something outside of us, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever you believe, God, universe, um, intelligence, whatever you call that, it's something outside of me. Mm -hmm. I think reclaiming the truth that the universe exists within us Mm -hmm. is so empowering um, sort of as you're talking about trust, I sort of think of trust and faith as being interchangeable, right? What that means is that I trust in my ability to make things happen because I always have, because I've always landed on my feet, right? Like that is where I put my trust. And I love, like you guys were saying that that is what I'm sort of in this dance with as I'm watching my son, I'm learning that this is something I'm, I'm really stepping into myself into for myself as well, excuse me. Um, And I think that, you know, if I just trust that something bigger is sort of synchronistically coming together with whatever it is, let's take this interview that you're going on as soon as this is done. If this doesn't work out in the way that I think in this moment, in my intellectual brain, I want it to, it means there's something bigger on the way. It means there's something that's a better fit that's coming Mm -hmm. to me. It means that everything always sort of plays out as it needs to, but I can't see that yet, but the source energy within me knows. The source energy has my best interests and has my back. So Mm -hmm. I don't have to worry. And yeah, you don't always need to talk to the people around you. Right, that was like, I was gonna say that too. Like part of me was gonna say, if your family is in like your sphere now and you are those bound, that's great. It's actually great that you've had that real world experience of them being there and being there now that you are who you are and you have the ability to kind of rely on some of these tools that you've crafted over the years and stuff. Um, And I would be really mindful of how much and of what you tell them. Yeah. Because again, going back to what Danae said, like I I'm hundred percent on board with what she said, which is your work is tuning out the external noise, yeah. right? Because that's your, that's your life's work is to learn to trust yourself. 
right? Which is why it's happening in tandem with your son, which is why everything is happening the way that it's happening right now. I mean, this is your life school, right? So as just like a tangible takeaway, I would be mindful of how much you share and what you share. Um, because what, what is that? What is that when we share with people who, to be honest, we kind of know what the response is going to be. That is our inner child looking for that acknowledgement, for that validation, for that, like, you've got this. I trust you. You know what to do that we never got when we were growing up. And guess what? You're not going to get it now. Most likely, right? There might be some small smidgen of reality that that would happen in, but like, let's be real. It's probably not going to happen. And so when we keep doing that, and when we keep seeking that out, we just keep getting the same messaging and that same disappointment and that same reminder that you don't know who you are. Everybody else knows better. Look to us, look to society. Don't look within. Right. And so it's like, we keep ourselves in this like feedback loop. Yes. But it's tough. I know it's hard to break that cycle because that inner seven-year-old is strong. Like when she's present, it is, it's a strong energy. Um, But I think that's going to be where, again, like I said earlier, I trust that you have a lot of tools. I can see it. I can hear it in the way you talk. That's going to be some of your work too. Because if, if the work is to drawn up the external, what comes along with that is not seeking it out. So the work is tangibly you don't go to the hardware store to look for peanut butter, right? So that oh means God, right I'm totally now- I'm going to steal that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that. it doesn't live there. Yeah, you yeah. can't outsource your power. You got to look for it in here, Marie. Like you got to go to yourself for that affirmation. Yeah. So you got to use a lot of discernment about what you're talking about and how you're sharing. And that means like a little bit, I go internal and I, it feels in the beginning, like I'm keeping things a little bit surface with my family. I won't always feel that way. But for right now, when I'm oh, learning maybe. to sort of- <laughs> Maybe it kind of will, but you know. Right. But what I'm learning to sort of drown out all these other voices, I got to like sort of use some discernment about what yeah. I'm talking about. So I would actually keep it a little bit minimal and just say, that's not really go- really where I go to for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I bring it inward. Yeah. And, and I think that's definitely what the past few, few years, really since I had made the decision to get a divorce, um, Mm-hmm. you know, there was the biggest boundary I set was like, no, nobody needs to know the decisions that we made mm-hmm. in how we decided to handle things. And right. yeah, what I want people to focus on is that we are a better family now than we were before. Yep. Um, and I will keep pushing that um, because nobody else really needs to know any of it. Um, besides and by the way, in doing that, right? In making that decision and then following through, you are actually then teaching yourself that you can trust yourself, right? Like that is how these lessons work. Mm. Boundaries work by, I set a boundary. And as I'm setting a boundary internally, I'm telling myself I can trust myself and that my intuition knows what's happening and what's best for me. Right. And so it's like, it, it, they're interchangeable. The actual action of it is then teaching and, and strengthening that internal voice. And, you know, and it just keeps going in a cycle. So, um, yeah, I think, I think as we kind of close up, I, I just want to like reiterate some of the stuff that we've said, which is like, that's, that's your work right now, drowning at external voices and, and paying attention when you go looking for them, you can give compassion to that inner child that desires that and wants that. And, and when you give compassion, can you then do a little bit of reparenting, right? Like give yourself that validation that you're actually seeking externally. 
knowing that in that tiny little process, every time you do it, it is making a dent in that intuitive voice getting stronger. Right. Um, and also in just holding the attention of the opposites, regardless of what happens with this job, right? There might be disappointment. There might be a little bit of embarrassment or heartbreak or all the things, like there could be a lot of things. And this means I think a lot more than what's on the surface. And, and can we hold that too, you know? Yeah, and kind of like Danae said, of course, in hindsight, we can see, we can see how everything was, was supposed to play out and the, the space that's given regardless of, you know, of what actually happens. And so that has been every time I step forward into something new and scary um, is that has like, that's the reminder mm-hmm. of it's okay. It's fine. You know, I'm still alive. I've done X, Y, and Z, you know, up until almost 36. Um, and yeah, and I'm still, still here, yep. alive and kicking. So, yeah. Sure. So mm. as you go into this, you take some of the pressure off of yourself and you say, you know what, what is meant for me will not miss me. So if I'm meant to have this job, I will have it. Big breath and let us know what happens. Cause we want to hear. All right. Yes. I will. I will let you, I will let you guys know. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. Good Aww. luck. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This good was luck. like the perfect pep talk. I know. I was thinking that too. I'm like, right even before. like synchronistically, like how, See how the universe works <laughs> right before, right. There's something in that. So good. Yeah. Aww. Okay. Keep us posted. I will. Thank you ladies so much. Right. Take care. Bye. It shows up in so many different ways, but what a similar, I feel like question that so many people, not just women, you know, just so many people get to. And it's like that, that midlife time that it seems like the universe just gets in there and goes, whoosh, 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 whoosh. Like shake it all up. Like, you know, what are you really here for? Are you really on board? Like, let's get in there. And yeah, um, she's in it, man. It's so interesting too. I was, um, I was just thinking about how much like collectively things are shifting in terms of like, I was listening to Dr. Alexander Solomon talking about how some of the questioning, the ways that we're approaching relationships and our um, introspective work and all of these things are different than our parents' generation because- we have access to more, we have instant gratification. We have like all of these like things that weren't factors, weren't variables. And that's a lot of why we have to say, I can't really go to my parents or other Mm -hmm. generations to get advice about where they haven't been because they haven't walked the path that I'm specifically walking in 2021, right? It's a different Mm -hmm. time. And so some of this is that I have to tap into my own wisdom. Um, with where I'm supposed to go next. And, and it's hard because, you know, to the point you made when we were talking to her, like our inner child wants to know, like, this is the right decision, wants to know we're on the right path. But some of that is like, no, we got to repair in ourselves here. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's tough, right? Especially when you do realize after doing that kind of work, what it was that you were missing when you were Mm. growing up and then you start to pay attention to yourself and you start to realize how often you continue to seek that out this is something we all do right but for those of us who have that awareness of like oh I didn't get that validation of you know being able to trust in myself and look how I continue to seek that out elsewhere it becomes a really big spotlight into this is my work, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of work for all of us to do, but like, this is my work. Like, this is my wound, right? This is my core wound. Um, 
And, you know, I, I, I've done something, a lot of similar type work in, in my own, you know, relationship with my mom and like, what do I feel like I didn't get? And, and the reparenting and all the things that we were talking to Marie about. And I find myself in this place of um, what I, what I find helps or is beneficial for me when I'm in it is like, again, it's the mindfulness practices of being like, oh, I'm doing that thing, right? I'm seeking that validation. I'm wanting a certain response from her in this moment. I'm mm. like needing something specific. And if I can notice, even if I'm already in the midst and the cat's out of the bag and I'm already telling her something, I probably shouldn't be telling her or whatever. Mm. If I can notice it, it almost, um, it puts me in a different space where when she doesn't give me what I am desiring, which is for most of us, 99% of the time, I don't take it as personally because I I'm coming into it with a different level of awareness, right? It doesn't mean it doesn't sting. Of course it stings. It always will. Um, but I, it doesn't like cut me off at the knees in the way that it did when it was unconscious. Right. And I mean, that goes for pretty much all of our pattern breaking, but I don't know. I think that was, hopefully that was helpful for somebody. Yeah. It's that thing of like, we become the witness. So it's like, we're living our lives versus Mm -hmm. our lives living us just like, sort of like, I'm just doing what I've done. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not even conscious of what's happening. It just sort of plays out the way it's always played out. That thing of being the witness to what's happening. It it really shifts. It's like, Oh, all of a sudden I'm in the state of consciousness with like, Oh, this is the pattern I'm in it right now. I see Mm -hmm. it. And I feel the sting, but the sting doesn't like overpower me. Mm. Right. Whereas if I wasn't conscious and I wasn't being the witness, that sting would have overpowered me. Um, And so I think that can be a helpful practice for people who are working with some of this reparenting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, Good conversation. Mm -hmm. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and give us a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want to connect with us more, find us on Instagram at Cheaper Than Therapy, the podcast. 